Welcome everyone to the eighth episode of the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. We are officially on our last episode of this incredible series. So welcome back, Jane and Virginia. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. So today's quote to get us started is, People assume that emotions are what explain our behavior, but this is not necessarily true. Our behavior is often driven by how we feel about things and how we react to those feelings. This transaction has deep roots in how we attach in our family of origin. And that's from Virginia. And I think we've spoken quite a bit about that in the last few episodes. And if it's still unclear, we have events that are very informative and concentrated. We don't host those events for mastery, but for exposure, and you might find those beneficial. But I'm really excited about this because I am. Because the one of the things you mentioned, I think in the last episode, is the three, the four comments I hear all the time. Yeah. And one of them was, was I lying to myself? Oh yeah. How did I get mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't understand what's happening to me. And I never realized that about myself. That's yeah. right. And today's focus is about dis-ease, mm-hmm. divorce, and disillusionment. Right. And this is probably one of my favorite segments mm-hmm. because we don't have to get to divorce and disillusionment if we can address issues of dis-ease. Exactly. Which or that's what them. rest prevent. Right. Mm-hmm. which is what rest is about, which right. is about reconciling the conflict within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're spending a lot, we spend a lot of time in that, and we will continue to as we move forward. But identifying how we feel, right? Yeah. We, t- we touched on this last episode as well. Identifying how we feel is a function of the soul, and right. the consequence, right, is manifested in our limbic system. Mm-hmm. So identifying how we feel is necessary to love well Mm -hmm. because feelings are a function of the soul and emotions are the consequence that manifest in our limbic system and and play out in our lives. If we fail to do this, if we fail to understand how we feel about things and learning to identify this, other people are left to assume and we assume that people's emotions are in fact how they feel. Right. And that's often not the case. I actually have a question about this because I know a multitude of people, and especially men nowadays, they don't really know how to express what it is they're truly feeling, let alone let alone describe it. <clears throat> so I'm wondering, you know, how does being courageously vulnerable in finding those words and discussing those feelings help us to love ourselves and others well? We share fear, anxiety, depression, confusion, ambivalence. We share this as human beings. This isn't a male or female thing. We need to begin to speak about our common humanity. These are, again, this is a law of nature. This is how we were designed. This is how we were created to feel. And as a result of those feelings, we emote any number of emotions. So instead of a male-female thing, we begin. We need to begin looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a whole segment again on this, but I think what becomes really important is this isn't a. This doesn't have to do 
with with male gender, social economic, this is what we are as human beings. Mm -hmm. We're not human doings, which we've become. We're human beings. And so go... to go from the state that we find ourselves in, I think as a society mm-hmm. where we live in a rat race, yeah, right? And we're seeing mental illness and depression and all these destabilizing st- functions of the soul. Yeah. We need to come back to this conversation to identify, wait, what are we missing? Yeah, One fundamental thing we're missing, I think, or I was missing for years, is feelings are the internal consequence, are the internal function. Yes. The external consequence results of my feelings are my emotions. Right. So I've reasoned that we use words flippantly and we don't identify the internal and external function of these words we use as synonyms. Mm. Again, liberty is a function of the soul, yeah. reconciling the conflict within ourselves so that we can live free. Yeah. There's another example. And those are the two words I always focus on because just understanding that mm-hmm. can change how I view everything. Absolutely. And even like when it comes to loving others well by choosing our words more carefully by meaning what we say versus, you know, saying things flippantly by being vulnerable that, uh, you know, that um, grows the connection that's there. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And think about this when we don't, and Jane talked a little bit about this, but about reconciling the confusion within herself to beat cancer, Mm -hmm. to answer to cancer, if you will, and say, okay, I got this now. When we can reconcile that within ourselves, we don't continue to advance confusion because if we do not begin to understand the language of rest, if we do not begin to understand the language of reconciling these conflicts, think about it. Other people are confused by us. Right. But we're blaming them because yeah. they're judging us. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not judging you. They just don't understand like you don't understand. Right. So it's important to do the hard work. I want to make a comment on what you just said to you because a lot of people will ask, you know, they'll ask like, well, why? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why is your response like this? Whereas, and something that you and I talked about when I was, you know, in sessions with you was instead of asking the word why, instead we ask, or we say, I want to understand. Help me understand. Yeah. Or how. Or how, well, yes. Or what's causing that emotion I want to understand. Right. Yeah, because asking right. that why question can put a lot of people on the defensive. Because they don't know. Right. Yeah. And yeah. why is a prosecutorial question. Exactly. It's causing another person to have to defend themselves. Learning to self-regulate and understand these things mm-hmm. becomes imperative. But I think that as we have a working understanding of our attachment, mm-hmm. we can begin to identify each att- each attachment has very predictable feelings. Right. An avoider's kind of numb. Mm-hmm. A pleaser's anxious. Mm-hmm. A vacillator's anxious or angry. Yeah. And a controller's all of it, all the time. Chaos. And they shift, yeah, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But I do think it's a good transition into the Jane. So when we talk about the relationship between our feelings and how they emote, Mm -hmm. we talk about really striving to establish a level of integrity among our own constituents, meaning all these pieces work together, right, so that we can function well and all that energy flows to us adequately. When we fail to do that, 
there's a lot of internal confusion, chaos, and disease. And if we don't negotiate it in the spiritual realm, and mm -hmm. if we don't negotiate it in our mind or in our heart or in our will sometimes, in our conscience and in our feelings, mm -hmm. it's going to disrupt how things are em emote and it's going to create states of disease for us. And then anxiety and depression and all these things manifest. So... I think this is an amazing opportunity in this day and age that we have to advance the cause of rest mm -hmm. because no pill is going to ultimately fix this. Yeah. These are transactions of the soul. And I just want to interject a song that I think speaks most powerfully to this. And I'm going to do an another, another podcast on music and how it just beautifully displays different attachment styles and what it triggers in us. Yeah. But we don't have time to do that today. But I will ask our audience and our viewers and our listeners to listen to Christina Aguilera's song, Hurt. Mm. Because it explains what happens when we don't reconcile these conflicts. Yeah. And the sadness and the grief and the torment and the turmoil, and that does not go away without without doing the hard work of rest. Right. So with that, Jane, <laughs> you have shared some pretty amazing things in as it pertains to attachment and your work with me. So right. and I'd like you to kind of bring us back and tie family systems, attachment, the pilgrimage we go on as we leave home, with all these unreconciled conflicts and pretty yeah. much states of dis-ease and how it manifested in your marriage and everything you did to resolve the conflict, but mm -hmm. ultimately your body did it for you. Yeah, yeah. The story about my marriage is kind of central to the entire cancer journey that I've been on. And we talked a little bit in the last episode about the attachment style that um, my mother had with my father and then how I kind of mirrored that pleaser mentality in all my relationships throughout my entire life. And um, I had a little blurb on the map when I was around 20 and I was like halfway through college and that was kind of the moment when I snapped and it was like total chaos and I was no longer a pleaser but I was all over the place you know you were everything yeah I was everything mm -hmm. vacillator controller victim all of it and because I never really resolved that conflict and came to understand the truth about myself and about love and, and my I guess misguided beliefs about love I ended up getting into a marriage that completely mirrored the dysfunction that I was raised in. So my parents had this, like, they did this dance of, like, controller victim, both of them, where they both were, like, did their best, but it was just a lot of chaos in the home, and, like, nobody knew exactly where they stood with each other. And uh, everybody was just trying to be peacekeepers all the time. And But more often it was my mother was just trying to do whatever she could to keep the peace in the home and make sure my dad was happy and make sure my dad was pleased with us and make sure that you know we were well liked by everybody and so that being the relationship that i saw that was normal to me that it was my job to please 
And I fell into a relationship with someone that was like very much a controller. And when he wasn't controlling, he was being completely avoidant. And me being this anxious pleaser was constantly doing this dance, trying to figure out, you know, what should I be? Who should I be? What personality is going to be best? Walking on eggshells, trying to manage his reactions all the time. How did that be practical? What did you do? What did a day in your life look like? Well, let's see. So first of all, I got into this marriage against the advice of my whole family. So I met someone and he was everything I always dreamed of and it was so romantic and so exciting and my family and my parents saw some red flags and I did not listen to them because I did not have any respect for the way that they had had managed their Mm -hmm. marriage. So that was like a revolt on my part and lack of wisdom on my part, which I didn't realize until later. We'll come back to that. So I, I got married and we moved to Nashville. We were both artists and we kind of fell into a, a rhythm where I was the parent in the relationship. So I brought in probably 90% of our income. I cooked, I cleaned, I did the groceries, I took the car to get an oil change, I fed the dog, I mowed the grass, I did everything um, because I, that, was, that was the rhythm of my life. It was like, please, please, please perform, perform, perform. Wow. And because of my ex-husband's own issues and own relational trauma, um, he was impossible to please and he was extremely avoidant and extremely controlling and extremely critical. So I had come back into the same pattern that I grew up in of, of like overachieving and overachieving and never reaching the mark. And so at the time, I didn't realize that this was unhealthy. I didn't realize that this was even abusive and toxic because that was my normal and until I became aware of this attachment style and aware of my family history and how this all plays in together I didn't I didn't realize that it was unhealthy until I kind of came face to face with um, the fact that this was abusive and I was following falling into a, a family pattern that went way back beyond me right because it was compounded by yeah. your anger right yeah. and your revolt yeah against it all absolutely there does come a time where we can see these realities in the lives of others but we can process them with a measure of humility and mm-hmm. forgiveness and grace and and maybe the results would have been a little bit different but absolutely. that's not where you were at the time yeah no i i like you said, I was carrying so much anger, but because anger isn't, I think to me, anger was not an appropriate emotion. I always had to balance and be easy. And so anger was compounding and compounding and compounding. And uh, so when I decided to get married to this man against the will of my family, that was just, it was just all of that anger exploding and coming out at one time. You said anger was not an acceptable emotion. It wasn't an acceptable feeling for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's the conflict. There's the nuance of the conflicts we need to fight. No, anger did not become an acceptable feeling for you. And you chose that Mm -hmm. because, and that's a decision. That's where the will comes in and negotiates that. But you kind of pressed through that eventually yeah and yeah cancer helped you do that absolutely 
it just brought me face to face with the pattern that I had followed. And for a long time, I was going around and around in circles trying to understand what happened in this marriage, you know. Could it have been different? What was my fault? You know, were was my family right all along? Was I right? And it was, you know, his poor choices. Was it my poor choice? And I'm just going around and around and around, you know, chaos and anxiety, trying to reconcile this within myself because I don't know the I don't know the answer. But I came to a place, and this was actually when I came to Day of Rest at the villa, which everybody needs to do, by the way. It completely blew my mind because that was the day that I realized. I was the one that lied to myself. So in this marriage, I felt very deceived. It was, uh, it was, he was very narcissistic and charming. And, you know, if you would meet him, you would never think that he would be controlling or manipulative or abusive at all. And so I felt very deceived and very lied to and very abused and, and neglected in this marriage. And I was angry about that. But when I came to Day of Rest, I realized not only was I being lied to, manipulated, confused, and neglected by my ex-husband, but I had lied, manipulated, neglected, and abused myself first for me to even allow that to, to go on. And so it was such a huge, big golden key that unlocked this new... Everything. Yeah, it, un- it unlocked everything for me. And it was almost like uh, it was like this whole house of house of cards of like deception and confusion and worry and when I understood the fact that I was the one that lied to myself first about Mm -hmm. how unhealthy this was and I lied to myself about how unhealthy I was that flicked the one card that brought this whole this whole infrastructure of chaos was just gone completely gone and flattened in one day Liberty, liberty, yes. liberty, and freedom. Yeah, that's right. That's a function of liberty. Yeah, reconciling the conflict within my yourself, mm-hmm. right, regardless of the cost, and then freedom. Yeah, and that's, that's not to say that I wasn't lied to, manipulated, abused, all right. of that, because I was. But the bigger problem was, I lied to myself about that, and that's why I ended up where I was, because I I was not willing to look inside myself and confront my own pain, my own emptiness, my own lies, my own anger. Like you said, mm-hmm. I was not willing to accept my own anger mm-hmm. or to, or to mm-hmm. process my own anger. And so that, yeah, was, the, that was the game changer. Can I ask and something? That, um, I wanna know what specifically what, what, what were those lies? Because we all have told ourselves lies. So like, what did, what did that look like for you specifically? Yeah, some of the lies that I believed in that relationship was, um, you know, he would treat me better if I was better. Oh. Or okay. um, if I worked harder, then, you know, th- our marriage wouldn't have so much strife. Mm. But the truth was, like, he wasn't working hard at all, and I was working really hard. But the lie that I believed in my mind was, it's my fault. It would be better if, you know, I was better or more or prettier or richer or funnier or easier or less needy. And I just... Also thinking like, kind of like that if if I was being treated a certain way, it was because I deserved it. Um, Interesting. Every single lie, and we've talked about this before, but everything that causes confusion and chaos and disease in our lives that we willingly participate in Mm -hmm. only comes from three things. I want, I need, and I deserve. So good. That's it. Yeah. It's not complicated. 
we all tell ourselves many lies, we believe many lies, and they're ultimately because our central, our, our bodies has a hunger and a crave, and it wants what it wants when it ha- wants it, and it's going to get it. But the three things that derail us, and this is good for us to talk about, and for you to have something really simple, I want, I need, I deserve. Is it the highest calling of your conscience? Does your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, your feelings know that this is the greatest good for you? If it's not surrounded by good things, we all know the difference between good and bad. If it's not surrounded by light, we know light and darkness. If it's not surrounded by things that are lawful, we know the things that are lawful. They're within our scope to manage by our own constituents. Things that are unlawful are not within our dominion, within our scope. So there's a lot of things in your story, and that's it. And I want to make this really simple. The lies we tell ourselves and the lies we accept from others are surrounded, are all surrounded by the I want, the I need, and the I deserve. And that's what ultimately sabotages our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's really good. Um, Let me ask you something. You and I had a significant meltdown. You were going (laughs) up, 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 and then you just started to plummet. Yeah. And I said, I don't think so. We had an incredible turning point. My story has been quite up and down and quite turbulent because I think um, there's just been layers and layers and layers of things that have compounded and need to be, have needed to be addressed. Um, and I sat in Virginia's office. This was, um, so f- I don't think I've quite been over it, but I've dealt with cancer three times. So I met Virginia between the second and the third. And I was sitting in Virginia's office. This was after um, I started to get sick again towards the start of this third cancer. And I was so, so angry. Virginia had me on the scanner and she's saying anger's coming up. And of course I, as you know, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I'm very uncomfortable with anger as an emotion. Um, and typically, I, I just carry a lot of anger that compounds. And so Virginia's like, you're, you're angry. What are you angry about? And so I start to say, you know, I'm angry because I've worked so, so hard to get better. I've done everything I know how to do. Um, you know, I, I, there's nothing else I can do. And life is just not fair. There's nothing I can do and I give up and I, you know, whatever. If I die, I die. I don't care anymore. And I was, I was really, really physically ill. And I like actually had to leave the room and go throw up that day. I could barely sit up. And I was almost like hysterical to where I don't, I don't know if I really, really remember the session. I feel like it was, I feel like I was in that room for like two minutes or something. And I just remember the one I'm kind of in hysterics, just ranting and, 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 yelling and I'm upset and Virginia interrupts me and she just says like no you're you're all wrong the foundation of everything you're saying is wrong and you are killing yourself with the way that you're thinking and yeah you can elaborate as on a that. man thinks in his heart so he is yeah. yeah you I was watching you I was watching Jane self-destruct with the mind the heart the will the conscience and she addressed the anger as an emotion that she's not comfortable with. And that's what she means is it's a feeling she's not comfortable with. And what was coming out of her was panic, hysteria, 
horrific fear and her body was going okay okay then we must be dying we've got to go into this hyperactivity mode to live and so she had a meltdown i had a meltdown because i just said you will not die on my watch you are killing yourself and it's because of all these lies that you're believing about yourself and here were the lies i want Mm -hmm. i want to live i deserve i deserve this because i've done that right right i want i need and i does i need I need this to end. I need to know what I have to do, what I have to do for this to end. And we came to the conclusion that what needed to happen was surrender. Surrender the outcome. You need to surrender this anger, this bitterness. And it was just an amazing transformational day. She left crying. I did. (laughs) I yelled. She yelled. I yelled back. And I just said, no, you are not dying on my watch. You rise up and fight. You fight for your life because cancer isn't killing you. You're destroying yourself. And I think it's a good note to transition into, I think, a closing point. And it's, it is imperative, right? Well, you give us the closing point because you just realized, oh, my gosh, this might yeah. be the last major. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That day, I can't even explain. I can't even explain. It was Beyond spiritual. Words. It was some kind of wild spiritual experience, and I don't even really remember it hap- happening because I was in such hysterics. But I realized again that we had come back to the same thing of feeling like I need to strive. And I need to control. I need to, if only I worked hard enough, then I would have all the things I want, need, and deserve. Right, and uh, because life doesn't go that way, um, I was getting so angry, um, trying to control, and um, I just—it was like, it was like water rushed over me yep. and pulled off all of this. Watched it, felt it. It yeah, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It just it, everything fell off of me that day, um, and I realized, like the outcome of. The outcome is not in my hands uh, when when it comes to anything that happens in your life or how people treat you or how people receive you or if you're sick or not sick or if your life is easy or not easy. And I was holding on so tightly to the outcome of the way I wanted things to be because I, I, I believed that I could control things. That's right. Yeah. So the need, Finally, Jane was able, basically, we were able to access and she was able to communicate her need to control. Mm -hmm. And in that, she had to face her fears. And that was just transformational instantly. And her numbers and everything began to change. Everything began to change just like that, like a switch. That was amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's a good, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Mm-hmm. And we want you to think rightly about love and how you love. And we want you to understand how you got to where you are. We want you to understand how to get out. We can all get out. We don't have to stay in these places. And we want you to understand that loving well has a lot to do with integrity. 
Mm. And integrity is bringing all these parts, all these facets, all these pieces together of who you are and who we are and being able to today. Today's takeaway, communicate what you need to yourself, to God, and then to others. Because communicating what you need to yourself, to God, and to others is imperative to live with integrity. So with that, Jane, I just love you. By the way, I want you to tell us some incredible, beautiful things evolved, not just what transpired in the office, but amazing things. And I know you don't have the liberty to talk about it much, but some amazing doors opened up. Yeah, yeah. It's really amazing when I let go and surrender the outcome of my situation so many things started turning around and I didn't have to manipulate it or control it or force it. And uh, when I let go and stopped trying to control situations, then the goodness of life and the goodness of God just took over and things have just been looking up for me Alignment. so much. Alignment. Alignment. And things that yeah. she, you could have never planned. Yeah. And so, yeah, so many things that... That's good. Maybe we'll follow up on another podcast. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, both of you. Um, And for our final time, at least for this series, just want to leave you with those resources. Again, the How We Love online quiz. Um, Go ahead and take that so you can figure out what your love style is. Um, The book, How We Love, is on virginiadixon.com underneath the resources. You can go ahead and look at that. And I want to actually leave you with three other books for women only and another book called For Men Only by Shanti Felden. And those are really good for... um, you know for relationships and even just even if you're single it's really good to know before you even get into a relationship just reading about you know the opposite sex it's really good to know how they work and and what they think about and all those things and so those those books have a lot of information in them so go ahead and look at those they're cheapest on amazon the other one is actually one that virginia kind of mentioned today with as a man thinketh Mm -hmm. and it's actually called as a man thinketh by james allen so that goes even deeper into that um, whole concept of um as a man is in his heart so he is right or so he thinks in his heart so he is for updates about rest and this podcast visit our instagram um at the place of rest and then to learn more about jane's story and all the incredible things that are happening in her life go ahead and follow her on instagram at underscore nightbird with an e and check out her blog also on virginiadixon.com visit our events page where you will see upcoming afternoon of rest events and the days of rest which uh, jane was so kind to reference as well Um, so anyway thank you so much everyone